This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. All right, Laura, <laughs> welcome back. Scissors and Scrubs, final summer series episode oh my God. of our third summer series. I can't believe I know. Yeah. I have no idea what we're going to talk about next summer. <laughs> I'm sure like I'm old or something stupid. Please, weekend. somebody write, start writing in now because I'm tapped. Um, well, we decided to get back to a little bit of our microbiology roots today. Yes. And we are discussing all the weird shit that lives in water and infects you and makes you sick. Yeah, it's gross. Some nasty shit in the water. I'm sitting there writing this as I do with a lot of our episodes, scratching. Yeah. Scratch. I'm like, maybe I have, maybe I have one of these under my skin. Like, well, I my just... second one, I'm pretty sure we've all had it. Oh. And didn't realize it. Oh. Yeah. So, with that, okay, little dangler <laughs> of information, we will uh, pass it off to you first with okay. your nasty little buggers. So I'm not going to be able to say any of these names correctly. Yeah, because well, they're all these weird Latin genus so species I'm, names. So I'm going to give it a whirl, and I'll probably say it different every time. Well, and I'll try that. not to I say it. I actually was writing it today, and I'm looking at what it wrote. I'm like, mm, that's not what I was saying in my head. I was saying. Yeah, I've, I've, <laughs> this is it's not going to be pretty, and I probably am going to try not to say the name of this parasite. More than a few times. Why so just make up a nickname for it. Skizzy. I'm gonna call it Skizzy. Skizzy. I'll give you I the like same that. name, but I'll, I'll call it Skizzy. Mr. If Skizzy. I remember. Okay. So this information I got from CDC.gov. Oh, Re- me too. Reviews in op, op, reviews in obstetrics and gynecology, and Scientific American. Why is gynecology involved in our uh, water? Well, you'll find out. That's fucking gross mm. already. You don't mm. even have to tell me anymore, and I'm I grossed know. out. Okay. So. I'm not going to, okay. Schistosomiasis. Also known as skizzy. Oh, skizzy, as I'm going to call it. <laughs> it's all actually also known as balarzia. Is a disease called by a parasitic worm. Ugh, there are you, different types of. You lost of, me a parasitic worm. Yeah. There are different types of skizzy. <laughs> Most typical types um, that cause illness in humans are S. Mansoni. The S stands for the skizzy, skizzy. word. Skizzy. And S. Hematobiome and Japonicum. <laughs> so there's three wow. types that really cause Thank illness God we in humans. Drink this episode. I'm gonna tell you what. It sounds like you said the Japs for a minute. I'm like, Laura, this is a politically correct show. Japonicum. Japonicums. Japonicum. Japonicum. Skizzies and Japonicums. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, those are the three types that typically find, give illness to humans. Um, the hematobiome affects urinary tract and reproductive systems, and the other types affect the hepatic and GI systems. Okay. Um, they are not found in the U.S. Oh, thank God. Yes. It affects 200 million people worldwide. 120 million are symptomatic. Hmm. It was discovered in 1851 by Theodore Bilharz. No, that's why it's called, that's why it's also known as Bilharzia, which I guess I could have just called it. <laughs> um, a German surgeon who was working in Cairo at the time. Over 80% of the cases are found in sub-Saharan Africa. According to the WHO, the World I, Health... I should know what that means. Is it like the desert? Yeah. No, below. Below the desert. Right? So, Sahara. Yeah. 
Sounds good. Um, Jeez, I should have paid attention in high school. <laughs> According to the World Health Organization, 652 million people are at risk for getting this parasite. There are 200,000 deaths annually. 40 million women of childbearing age are infected. Um, and the WHO has placed skizzy as the third most devastating tropical disease behind malaria and intestinal helminthiasis. I've never heard of I've only heard of malaria. Yeah, it's like the third deadliest most nasty shit. Devastating tropical Amazon. disease, apparently. So risks. It is an endemic in areas with poor living conditions and poverty. So not good plumbing. Okay. okay. Um, because it is water and a it is a waterborne species, populations that primarily rely on agriculture and fishing are at a higher risk of contamination. So if you're constantly using the water mm-hmm. to do chores, to wash clothes, wash clothes, do that stuff, you're at a higher risk. You don't wash your food off and everything. Yeah. Women and children at a at a higher risk because kids play in the water, obviously, mm-hmm. and women use the water for daily chores mm-hmm. more than men do. Um, people are migrating from rural to urban areas in these areas where this is prevalent. Um, so the disease is spreading to urban areas and infecting swimmers and tourists in so those is it areas. Contagious? No, but you'll you'll hear okay. how it goes around. Um, <laughs> it gets skizzy, gets around. Yeah. Any contact. Another risk is any contact with fresh water in southern and sub-Saharan Africa, including the Great Lakes and rivers, as well as smaller bodies of water, is considered a risk for transmission. Also, it occurs in the Maghreb region of North Africa and the Nile River Valley in Egypt and Sudan. So tons of people mm-hmm. are in the Nile River. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also be at risk of transmission in the following places. Brazil. <laughs> Brazil. There's this name. Well, there's the name of this other place. I I see it and I don't think I've ever heard it said out loud unless I don't say it. Suriname? Suriname? I've seen it like a million times. S-U-R-I-N-A-M-E. Another place. Venezuela, the Dominican Republic, Guadalupe, Martinique. Dominican Republic? Yep. Um, Guadalupe, Martinique, St. Lucia, Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, southern China, parts of Southeast Asia, um, the Philippines, Laos, and Corsica. I I get most of them, but like St. Martin, Aruba. It's bizarre. That's bizarre. Yep. Um, so the life cycle of the schistosomes. Here's of the, the life cycle. This is how you're going to find out why it spreads. So there are eggs that are excreted in human feces and urine. Kind of like a tapeworm. Mm. Into fresh water because people oh, go to the bathroom into the fresh water in some places where there's no plumbing. Um, these eggs then hatch. They have one to three weeks to search for their hosts in fresh water. Do you know what their hosts are in fresh water? Humans? No, no. Snails. Oh. They then go into the snails. The parasites then multiply by like the gazillions inside of these snails. Does it kill the snail? Nope. Then they leave the snail after they multiply. They just use the snails to multiply. They leave the snail snails. and go back into the water where they can live for 48 hours looking for their next host. Do you know who their next host is? Humans? A human. Oh, it's like aliens. nasty little shits. They penetrate human skin with their oral suckers. That's literally what it said. <laughs> um, 
didn't, literally. I didn't make that up. That's a quote. Penetrate uh, the skin with their oral, oral suckers. suckers. They then enter the circulatory system. They use oh, it's, it's like, like insane. The the this these things they the science behind it is like insane the way they use like different proteins and shit to get from your skin mm-hmm. into your circulatory they're like aliens. They're like aliens. Um they enter the pulmonary capillaries, which are the capillaries mm-hmm. of your lungs, and eventually enter the portal vein. Oh. Where um they get shot into the liver? No, that's where they um, mature into adult worms. Ugh. They migrate into the mesenteric vessels or the vesicular veins. They then release eggs. These worms now Fuck release eggs. eggs that travel to the liver, bowel, and bladder. Oh. Then they are excreted in stool and urine. And yet the cycle begins again. Get the so that's why it's spread because like these people are getting it there. Then they, they go into the, the urban liver. areas. They have these eggs in them. They go into Does the bottom. Urban there. areas have the snails, Laura. I mean, maybe I mean, in fresh water. The they're like fresh crucial. water snails. Um, the snails are crucial. It's like they're growing. It seems like, what are they going to do without the snails? Yeah. Um, some of the symptoms are most people do not develop symptoms of acute schizzy. <laughs> if you had a previous infection, you are more likely to develop very high temps called Katayama fever. Um, a maculo popular rash appears at the site of entry so you get these wicked big bumps at the site of entry oh the site of entry yeah if you oh. had it before you can develop a significant <laughs> these words schistosomal dermatitis so a real wicked bad rash. bad rash like and it's huge and lumpy and it's red skizzy. and nasty these symptoms resolve after a few weeks but mortality rates can be as high as 25% during the acute phase oh most people don't get any symptoms, but 25% can die. Um, I think it's like one of those um, immunoreactions. Um, Cytokinin storms. Yes. Um, in the chronic stage, because there's a chronic stage. Um, well, you got to figure these people don't have health care, so. Yeah, and you just got worms and eggs living in there. And that's just forever. Mm-hmm. And snails. In the chronic stage, symptoms present months or years later. The eggs induce a very strong immune response, which manifests in granulomas. So these people have little, yeah, like little, like, I don't know how to describe this to people. It's like when you have a big immune response, all your white blood cells rush to this place. Mm -hmm. So they form like these little clumps all over you. getting all over you, okay. Yeah. Um, S. Mansoni and S. Japonicum (laughs) cause abdominal (laughs) pain, bloody diarrhea, and colon polyps. Oh. Eggs that stay in the portal system develop periportal fibrosis, and these symptoms are portal hypo- hypertension, um, bloody vomit, oh. ascites, splenomegalia, and esophageal varices. So it's like you have liver disease. Yes, because all these eggs and these granulomas and clogging shit are up. clogging everything up in your liver. So now Ugh, you have severe liver disease. This is so gross. Yeah. Um, Granulomas in the pulmonary system lead to chronic cough, palpitations, atypical chest pain, pulmonary hypertension, and ultimately death. Um, S. hematobium <laughs> deposits their eggs in your urinary tract. Mm. These symptoms include dysuria, which you don't pee, hematuria, which is bloody pee, bladder polyps, ulcers, obstructive uropathus, which is like anything that obstructs the flow of your urine, mm-hmm. of forming urine, and squamous cell bladder cancer. 
women can have female genital schistosomiasis or FGS. What the fuck is that? So during reproductive years, women suffer severe morbidity and mortality from FGS. When the eggs get into the urinary system of a woman, they can form granulomas in the uterus, fallopian tubes, and ovaries. They develop uterine enlargement, menstrual disorders, cervicitis, and infertility. 30% of women develop vulvar or perianal lesions that can be, like, I forget how it said they could be. Like, they can be, like, ulcerative. And oh, like, my God. I mean, this terrible, is, terrible lesions. This is disgusting. Yeah. Pregnant women develop severe anemia, low birth weight babies, and increased infant and maternal mortality rate. Skizzy can cross the placenta and infect the infant. Aww. That's how, like, nasty, nasty this, this shit is. Um, women infected also have a higher rate of spontaneous abortion and ectopic pregnancies. Um, eggs can also end up in the skin, brain, muscle, adrenal glands, and eyes. Oh, this is disgusting. In some cases, the patients can have seizures, mental status changes, and even paralysis. And if you're already infected with, because of these areas, a lot of people have hepatitis, HIV, malaria. It raises the risk of hep- hepatocellular carcinoma and increase the risk of mortality. So you have a high chance of having liver cancer from yeah. if you have another um, it's like, infection. It's like liver disease. It's disgusting. Yes, because all these eggs mm-hmm. and worms are in your goddamn oh. liver blocking all this shit up. Diagnosis. <laughs> eggs. Guess how? Yeah. Where do they find your eggs? In your shit. In your peeping peeping poop. So you like, can poop. you see them? Uh huh. With a microscope. Mm-hmm. Oh, but not like to the naked eye. Not to the naked eye, but they look at you pee and you poop in a microscope. See if you get some eggs. That's a good job, huh? They will do an egg count to check your viral load. So they will take your piece of poop, count how many guy. eggs are in it. I don't want to be that guy. And then see I don't want to be that what guy. your viral load is. Yeah. Um, elevated eosinophils, uh, which is like a white blood cell, is used to diagnose an acute event. And elevated liver and renal function tests indicate chronic disease. So that's how they know like if you've had it a long mm-hmm. time or not. Treatment. You think there's treatment? I would like to think there's some super powerful kick-ass antibiotic they can give you that kills all these fucking parasites. Praziquantil, or PZQ, treats all forms of schizzy. What is it? It requires... It's a medicine. It requires (laughs) two to three doses in one day. That's it. Done. Done. They don't like PZQ. Minimal side effects. If you have... um, If you're having like really bad symptoms at the time it can worsen your symptoms but then it then it's gone um it does not prevent future infections and the recovery rate after this treatment with pzq is 98 percent. is it super expensive they said it's not very expensive but why they're is not really getting sure it? why they're not treating it i don't know if people aren't going they don't know they don't realize they have it until it's you're in this later stage when you have liver disease because your liver you disease is still liver is disease going around they would go and seek them out yes um, but they are starting to realize they need to do something about yeah. this because it's like a, it's an endemic. So prevention is the best way to treat, obviously. And now they're thinking mass treatment of PZQ without a diagnosis decreases the prevalence of the disease and reduces the infection rate by as much as 15%. So they just go to a, if you know, if there's like, a, if you know, some people in one area have it, just go and give it all to them. treat everybody yeah. with this PZQ clear up the eggs for a little bit. They won't be the yeah. eggs in the water. And then it 
it definitely lowers the rate. So there is treatment if you do get skizzy. I'd like not to ever, ever get skizzy. In fact, I don't even think I want to go anywhere where you, you get You don't want skizzy. eggs turning into worms, turning... I don't want anything in my fallopian tubes or up in my portal veins. Uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. good. I'm uh-huh. good. Uh-huh. Well, is it coming That's back it to me That's it. What's skizzy? Yeah. All right. Well, Laura, we're going to take back to the good old US of A here. Okay. Because what I have, you get fucking here. Okay. All right. I also got my information from the CDC.gov. Uh-huh. We are going to talk about... Let me get comfortable on the couch first. Ugh. All right. <sighs> Negleria Fowleri. That's what I'm going to call it. Okay. And eventually it's going to just be known as N. Fowleri. Okay. Fowleri sounds right. It is known as the brain-eating amoeba. Oh, yeah. This is the mm-hmm. one I wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a single-celled living organism that loves to live in fresh, warm water as this is why say. i am an ocean person well we are uh, going to try to go to a uh, water park aren't we yeah but there's chlorine mm. okay it can live in water up to 113 degrees holy god some hot tubs are only 109 degrees oh okay no so it can be found in warm lakes ponds rock pits I don't know if you've been to a rock pit. Not recently. lately, no. Mud puddles. Have you played mud puddles? No, I don't. Okay. I try not to. Warm, slow-flowing rivers, untreated pools and spas, mm-hmm. untreated well water or municipal waters, mm-hmm. hot springs, thermally polluted water, i.e. runoff from power plants, because I play in those pools all the time, yeah. aquariums, and soil. Oh. It cannot live in salt water. That See? salt just kicks this the shit out. I am a beach person. I'm a beach person. I'm a both. I do I'm not a, whatever like, you give me. I don't like ponds. I don't like. Lakes. I don't like lakes and ponds. No, that's no. But I do like pools. But yes, with chlorine, lots of it. Yeah, lots of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so N. Fowleri normally eats bacteria, mm-hmm. but if it like you know if it comes to the humans like hey I'm Nicole hey I'm N. Fowleri it's gonna eat my brain tissue. No, why not? So it usually is introduced through the nose. Uh-huh. That is its pathway. It goes through the... It's something to do with the nerves in the olfactory that it latches onto and makes its way up in your brain. Like you said, these are smart little fuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be activities that, like, you get water up your nose. Diving, water skiing, mm-hmm. water sports. Oh, I do like to water ski on lakes. Yes. And the other thing is, which is a very big thing people do, neti potting. Which I, I think against dis- Natty Potting. I w- I, it's disgusting. I was peer pressured by my husband to do it a couple of years ago. Didn't well, like it. If you, we'll get into yeah. what to do with Natty Potting, but never, ever, Mm-mm. ever Natty Pot with unfiltered water. No. So Enfowley uh, causes primary amoebic meningoencephalitis. Oh, I got that word out. Wow. Also known as Pam. <laughs> Pam is rare, but almost always fatal. Only four in the U.S. out of 148 from 1962 to 2019 have survived. Wow. Symptoms, they start one to nine days after infection, and they die one to 18 days after symptoms begin. Jesus. Pam is difficult to treat and detect because it progresses so rapidly and so that most of the time the diagnosis is made after they're dead Mm -hmm. because it's so fast. Stage one, severe frontal headache, 
fever, nausea, and vomiting. Mm -hmm. Stage two, stiff neck, seizures, altered mental status, hallucinations, and a coma. God. So, 2013 saw two survivors of Enfalary. A 12-year-old girl was diagnosed about 30 hours after onset, and she was given the recommended treatment, which was an experimental drug called miltefosine, and she was also given therapeutic hypothermia, so they cooled her down Mm because it doesn't like to be cold. She made a full neurologic recovery. Later, an 8-year-old was treated. They consider it a survival because the 8-year-old did not die. The eight-year-old was given the same treatment as the 12-year-old girl, but it was diagnosed several days after symptoms, so there was permanent brain damage. And then in 2016, a 16-year-old was diagnosed within hours of symptoms and given the same protocols as a 12-year-old girl and made a full recovery. So early detection is the key. Mm -hmm. So September 16th of 2018, which is Sunday, Mm -hmm. Fabrizio Stabile, 28, was mowing his lawn in Benton City, New Jersey has to take a break because he's got a headache. That headache progresses to him being taken to the hospital where he's admitted with swollen brain and a fever. Mm. On Thursday, his CSF shows Enfalary and he is dead by Friday. Wow. So when you get these kind of diseases, the CDC steps in, mm-hmm. you know, and they know. Um, I'm just looking at his garbage pail kid tag. <laughs> I haven't seen those in a million years. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, what the CDC steps in because they know this is tra- how it's transmitted, so they know they have to find it because it's so deadly. Mm-hmm. So they send a bunch of investigators in, and they find out that this guy had gone to a BSR surf resort water park in Waco, Texas. So mm-hmm. they go down, they start taking all the samples from the Waco, Texas, but the article never finishes on whether the... I'm assuming the park had it. I would think so. Because it didn't really get into it. Okay, August of 2020... 13-year-old Tanner Wall had been on a vacation with his family at a campground in northern Florida. Mm -hmm. It has a water park and a lake. Several days after being in the lake, he develops vomiting, headache, and a stiff neck. Family goes to the doctor and they say, oh, it's strep throat. Don't worry about it. And his mother's like, oh, this is more than strep throat. Something's going on here. So she immediately takes him to UF Health Center in Gainesville, um, Florida, where he's diagnosed with Enfalary, but he dies. Poor kid. Um... He died, like, within days from the infection, and he was the second death that year in Florida from Enfalary. So, prevention. Avoid swimming underwater, diving, water skiing, or jumping in warm water. Or any kind of still water late in the summer when, like, right now, A, you're never going to see it in New England. Our water is never going to get warm enough Mm. to get there. But, yes, in Florida, South Carolina, they're going to be warm enough. Wear a nose clip. Well, could you see me walking around with a fucking nose clip? I can't. I don't even know how people stand that. Like, you're constantly talking like that. <laughs> you look like a moron. Wear a nose clip when Someone boating. I know used to wear one in the pool, and I can't think of who it was. Could you just imagine? It's like having a clothespin Someone on your face. I know you. I want to say it was like my cousin. I don't remember. In a little swim cap and the <laughs> floaties. Um, so wear your nose clip. If you're going to go boating, swimming, or playing in warm water, mm-hmm. avoid stirring up mud in the lakes and the ponds oh. that you're used to. And when using a neti pot, use distilled or sterile water. Never use the tap water. Mm-hmm. Exclamation point. And that is my nasty little parasite known as Enfalary. Disgusting. Disgusting and very, very fagal. Which, of course, I'm reading this and I'm like... 
We're going to a water park in Myrtle Beach. Okay, so I don't want to go in the ocean because I'm afraid of the sharks, but now I'm afraid of getting some weird parasites going to kill my kids. I'm yeah, like but the... that's, there's a lot of chlorine there. I think yes, those water is. parks were at lakes. Whatever they were, these kids didn't do so well. I know. All right, so go ahead. All right. We'll just be like, <laughs> after we get out of the, the nose clip. <laughs> Will you talk to me if I have a nose clip on? No. <laughs> All right. I'm doing Summer's Itch. Mm. Depends on what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's several things. There's a lot of summer summer we could talk about. So, every morning for about eight weeks each summer, Leslie Ritter becomes bait. She's the head of the lifeguarding program at the Congregational Summer Assembly, which is a vacation place in Michigan, northern Michigan. She wades into Crystal Lake up to her knees. After 30 minutes, she gets out and records the wind and temperature data. If her skin starts to tingle, she knows something in the lake is after her. And swimming lessons are canceled for that day. She then sends her results of this really weird experiment to the Michigan Swimmers Itch Partnership, or MSIP. (laughs) It's a coalition of more than 20 Michigan watershed associations that share research and raise public awareness about um, a parasite that can really ruin someone's day lurking in the Michigan waters. Let's just say any parasite. Yeah. Whether it's this, the Enfalari, your 30-year-old living in the basement, they're always going to ruin your day. Yeah. It's always going to ruin mm-hmm. your day. No parasite is a good parasite no, to me you, anyway. No, parasites. Um, Ritter's statistics helps get the MSIP um, to get the Michigan legislation to fund research and prevention for some visage. Does this only happen in Michigan? Uh, well, hold on. Okay. Moms, will, moms go down to the beach and say, is Leslie itching? And um, they know, like, oh, she's itching. There's no swimming today. <laughs> this woman literally gets in the water and lets every day. if there's parasites every day. So the kids won't go swimming. Um, she says, there are days when I can feel those little buggers grabbing me <gasps> right when I'm coming out of the water. Oh! Parasites. Oh! Um, so, very few officials take summer's itch seriously. It's also called circarial dermatitis. It's not, re- it's not really like this huge public health problem. But Michigan's trying to battle it with research and control measures. They're targeting the ducks. In these lakes. Because the ducks. The ducks like quack quack. Not duck like D-U-C-T. No ducks like quack quack. quack. Because the ducks for this um, parasite are the hosts. Not the snails. We've moved on to ducks. No, no, there's snails involved too. Oh, not the humans. They want the ducks. Where that skizzy wanted humans. Yeah. After they multiplied, these things want ducks. So, Michigan's trying to get these ducks out of these lakes that everybody swims in and move them to places where either this parasite can't live or where people don't go to swim. Um, so, it's a worm-like parasite. It's just like Skizzy, except it doesn't kill you. Um, whose larvae try to burrow into people's skin. Word. God, I hate that word. Which triggers an allergic reaction in the form of violently itching red bumps. That characterized swim is itch. Um, so. Does it get in? 
just to your skin. It just gets in under your skin. Um, So it was first identified in 1928 at the University of Michigan Biological Station on Douglas Lake. Um, There's... This is a schistosome, just like the skizzy. There's like a hundred species of that. So they can do that shit that we talked about, mm-hmm. you know, in other places. In here, it just gets under your skin and gets really, really itchy. Um, so it uses the ducks and the snails as hosts. Um, so it will do the same thing. The duck poops in the water. So it's the duck mm-hmm. poop. The duck poops in the water. Those little eggs go Get to, to the, snails. the snails. It gets in the snail. It multiplies 8 million gazillion times. It figures a way out of the snail. Then it goes towards sunlight. So it it goes up. Because that's where the ducks sit on top of the water. Dude, I don't even know. I, I can't even process what you're telling me. It's so gross. Yeah. So if they float up, they swim. Yeah. Those worms swim up to the top of the water. Trying to get back to the ducks. Okay. To reinfect them. If there's no ducks around or if there's people laying on top of the water instead of the ducks, they're going to go into people. Um, and they just go in skin deep. Under your skin. They just get under your skin. And A lot of things get under my skin. Lay are. their eggs there. And they uh, lay their eggs yeah. under your skin? Yeah. And that's what those big itchy things oh, are. Um, God almighty. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but they also find there's a wind thing. That's why she records the wind and the mm-hmm. water temp. Um, they said if the water gets too warm, it won't live there. But the wind, so they said like she gets in the water at the beach. If the wind's blowing away from the beach, that means all those worms are being blown away from the beach. So there's not going to be any bites on her. Right. But halfway during the day, the wind changes and it blows all that shit back to the beach so they they are yeah. biting you at the beach, so it does depend on wind. It they do say um, that with the global warming and the warmer water, um, the ducks won't breed in northern Michigan because it will be too warm. Mm-hmm. So they'll go up further to like so Canada. Canada will so, get it. <laughs> yeah, so the worms. So we should be. When the water gets too warm, they won't be able to... The worms won't live in those lakes because the ducks won't be there. So they're just trying to get the ducks out of the goddamn lakes so they don't bite people. Do people get sick from it at all? You just get rashed. Just wicked, wicked itchy. It's an allergic reaction. It's like having a bee sting and you get okay. that big, huge, swollen thing, so but just didn't all over. Under your skin. Yes. Does okay. it come out of you? I don't know. It doesn't say that. I just assume they die. Um, I didn't get into how my people reproduce or hosts or anything like that. I think uh, they that's just hang the most out. amazing part to me. Yeah, but I think mine just hang in the water. It's literally like an alien. Like it comes from the poop, all the eggs, and then it goes into snails. Then it multiplies a gazillion times. Then they oh. come out. Like they know, like we need to find a snail mm-hmm. so we can multiply, mm-hmm. so we can go infect. Do we get a cup of tapeworms next? Um, oh, yeah. There is, um, there is evidence. They're trying. They're doing all these experiments. Like, how can you prevent this? How can they still go swimming if there's worms in the water um they why would you want to did use they there is evidence that using creams that prevent jellyfish stings or some insect repellents can prevent the things from burrowing into your skin burrowing yeah also if you take an antihistamine before entering the water it can prevent the reaction it was not going to prevent them from burrowing but it will prevent your reaction i'm good i'd rather have the reaction to them so lakes in northern michigan wisconsin 
Canada. Somewhere else have these. Can you imagine if we send it to Canada? That'd be one more reason I hate them. They actually have them. There are these in 30 states. They okay. have these. Skizzy this. friends. Yeah. The skizzy cousin. Um, But this little swim is itch is kind of like the northern tier of the state's border in Canada from Maine to Washington. So be careful swimming in lakes. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Let me readjust again. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry. You're going to hear a little thumping as I move my microphone again because I'm always uncomfortable. I'm a fidget. All right. I'm moving on mm-hmm. from mayo.clinic.com to crypto sporidium. Oh. Crypto, as I will call it, is a one-celled parasite that gets into your body through your mouth. Oh. The parasite travels to your intestinal tract mm-hmm. and, quote-unquote, settles into the wall of your intestines. Oh. The They shed massive quantities of themselves and their eggs into your feces where you become highly contagious. Oh. So once they're in you, you're shitting them out. I mean, poop is obviously filthy. Yes. And you're going to shit them out, and then you're going to infect everybody else. Oh. Ways to get infected. Don't wash your hands Touching out. anything <laughs> that has come in contact with contaminated poop. Mm-hmm. Drinking contaminated poop water. <laughs> Swimming in contaminated poop water, which you then accidentally drink contaminated All poop right. water. Eating oh. uncooked contaminated food that you washed in contaminated poop water. <laughs> Touching hand to mouth in contact with contaminated poop water surfaces. Those with HIV and AIDS are more at risk mm-hmm. because they have no immune system and mm-hmm. they can develop severe symptoms that can be difficult to treat. Mm-hmm. Crypto is one of the most common causes of diarrhea in humans. Really? Yes. So we probably have all had this. Yeah. It is hard to get rid of because it's resistant. So when I say not in your body, it's hard to get rid of. It's hard to get out of your water systems mm-hmm. because it is resistant to many filters and disinfectants. It can survive many temperatures, and it can survive four months, but it will die by boiling. So, people at risk are, make sure I have this in the right order. Do-do-do-do-do. Okay, signs and symptoms, risks, complicated. Okay. So, risks are children, particularly those wearing diapers who attend child care centers. Mm-hmm. You know, little swim diapers that don't hold in mm-hmm. anything? Mm-hmm. Yep. Parents of infected children, child care workers, animal handlers, those, this is gross. Those who engage in oral to anal sexual activity. Well, you'd be at risk for a lot of things. That would be gross. But does that mean, what is yes. that actually, like, it, yes. you went in one and then you put it at the other? Oral to anal. Yeah, yeah, but why would you do that? <laughs> I just don't see why you would do that. I can't process that because I would never do that. It's I would never do that. It's disgusting. Listen, don't do it, is especially a, if your partner has diarrhea. A toss salad kind of thing? You're I'm good. good. Yes. <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm good. You're going to well, get it. if you if, Don't do it if your no, partner has diarrhea. Don't put your mouth on anybody's ass. Because <laughs> it just is going to lead to many problems, okay? So let's just, let's not even talk about it again, okay? <laughs> it, 
international travelers, especially those traveling to develop countries. We might have a world anal mouth. No, just, I can't get past it. All right. Backpackers, hikers, and campers who drink untreated, unfiltered water. Oh, God, why? Swimmers who swallow water in pools, lakes, and rivers. And people who drink water from shallow, unprotected wells. Why would I do that either? I don't know. Okay. Complications of crypto infection include malnutrition resulting from poor absorption of nutrients from your intestinal tract. Mm -hmm. Because those little fuckers have settled in. Um, that's it. That's, that is the complication. That is the one and only. Yep. Okay. Signs and symptoms. Watery diarrhea, dehydration, lack of appetite, weight loss, stomach cramps of pain, fever, nausea, and vomiting. Those are the triplets. Fever, nausea, vomiting. They can last, symptoms can last up for two weeks, though they might come and go for up to a month, even in people with healthy immune systems. Some people with crypto infection have no symptoms at all. Go to see a doctor when um, your water, watery diarrhea does not get better within a few days. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> April 25th, 2021. Uh-huh. According to Food Safety News, public health officials in Ireland Uh-oh. issued warnings following large increases of crypto infections, mainly small children one to four years old. Three small outbreaks involving seven people were animal contact and, and then person to person. So it sounds like the kids were playing with the animals or petting them. You know, the sheep are covered in their own shit. Yes. And then they got sick and, and then, then their parents, their parents get, got it. Which is like when you talk to people with salmonella or anything, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so in one week, they had 71 cases. 23 patients were 0 to 4 years old. 22 were 5 to 9. And 11 were 10 to 14. No. These kids are filthy little fuckers. <laughs> All right. March and April of 1993. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Wisconsin also has this shit. Yeah. Milwaukee has a massive crypto outbreak. It gets into the water supply from Lake Michigan. So that's where they get their water supply. And it's then they get the water from Lake Michigan. It goes through a uh, treatment center. Mm -hmm. For some reason, the treatment facility was not adequately removing all of the stuff from the water. either. So imagine if people neti potted with that. Oh, so they remove the crypto. It results in 403,000 residents being infected with Uh. crypto. What happens when you have 400,003 residents infected with crypto? The health department is going to step in. They immediately figure out it's coming from the treatment plant. They immediately shut the treatment plant down. They have to flush every water system in the city. Oh, my God. And then they place the filters in the um, treatment facility. Boom. Everybody's free of crypto for a while. So water is... A breeding ground yes. of everything. Mm-hmm. Infection, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So be very careful in the ribs and lakes that you're used to because mm-hmm. it's some nasty shit yeah. out there. Ponds. It's not a good idea. You know, like, and you see that green scum, oh, it's scum on the top of and it. and bacteria and I'm good. amoebas of heroin. I don't even want to eat the things that come out of the ponds and lakes. No. Like trout and... No, I'm good. I'm good. No. no. Don't go in ponds. Definitely never eaten snails. 
They're just a bacteria. They host. have thousands of worms just multiplying. Yeah, them. and oh. hatching eggs out of them. And it, like you said, it's like an alien, but they're they're snails oh instead. Oh my god, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. So well, anyways, when you swim, look for worms. <laughs> that is the end of our summer series, World Famous Season Three. Yeah. Um, I'm not kidding. I think I'm tapped for next year. So please <laughs> send us some ideas for what to do in the summer. I don't we'll know. figure it out. We had a. Brian mentioned something to me today, and I'm like, we'll do that next year. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, Summer Series Season 4. That's when that will happen. <laughs> Retake. Uh, enjoy what's left of the summer. Yes, hopefully it gets warmer. We'll have some nice. fun things in the fall. My favorite Halloween holidays coming oh, up. Boy. You know, I will love me some Halloween. <laughs> and um, these episodes are all going to come out while we're on vacation. Yeah. We're taking a little breather. Can't wait. So we're recording very early. Mm-hmm. But... Enjoy the rest of your summer, yes. and we will catch you in the fall. Bye. Bye. Yep. Like, subscribe, rate, and review the Scissors and Scrubs podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Scissors and Scrubs. And email us any of your stories or thoughts to scissorsandscrubs at gmail.com.